Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Wisdom has built her house. She has made its seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She's also set the table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. Those without sense. She says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live in the walk in the way of insight. The Lord of the Lord. Look at Lord. Thanks be to God. Yay, kids, that was amazing. And give it up for Finbar. I heard that he's really been practicing on his reading skills. And he, you only saw a little clip of it, but he read that whole passage and it was amazing. So yay, I just love hearing scripture read from our youngest friends. Um, it's just, it just puts things in perspective and it's so great. Um, yeah, so today we are in Proverbs. So I'm going to start off with a question. Does anybody know what a proverb is? Yes, I see Phil. Do you want to share what a proverb is? <laughs> Does anyone want to share perhaps a definition? If not, that's okay. Okay, and I'm working on getting logged into Zoom, so if someone's on the computer typing out everything, I don't see it just yet. But yes, Phil. Ooh, nice. A wise saying often in pairs. Way to go, Phil. Yeah, so a proverb is a short and usually quippy saying that's passed down through generations and cultural and religious traditions from all around the world. So, like, we have an entire book of proverbs in our scripture, but proverbs are not unique to the Judeo-Christian tradition. Hey, hey, look, I'm on Zoom now, everybody. Okay. So I thought, since we didn't have a kid's sermon today, that we could play a fun game. Who likes to play games? Yeah. Okay, so Marika is running the slides, and she's going to be awesome today because I gave her like a million slides for the sermon because I'm a very visual person. So here is our game. It's called Proverb or Proverbs. 
So <laughs> how it's going to work is I'm going to put a real-life proverb on the screen, and it could be from our capital P Proverbs book in the Bible, or it could be a proverb from any other cultural or religious tradition from anywhere around the world or any period of time. And what we have to try and figure out, which one it is, capital P Proverbs or a proverb. And so let's do a practice round. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. So if you think it's a proverb, not from our book of Proverbs, this is called a finger heart. Can everyone try that? What you do is you take your index finger, you see the little dent from your knuckle, you take your thumb, you put it right there, makes a little heart, finger hearts. Um, and then if you think it's a capital P Proverbs from our scripture, you do a peace sign. So let's see who thinks Proverbs, no, Proverb, Proverbs. Let's see, what are your guesses? Drum roll, answer is, it's from our book of Proverbs. So this is the message translation. I love it. If you're not familiar with what that is, it's Eugene Peterson. He went through and kind of uh, sort of translated scripture into like modern day vernacular to capture the like the emotional understandings of how like the audiences would receive these words. So the Hebrew writers didn't actually write, answering before listening is both stupid and rude, but that is the essence, the emotions that are evoked from these words. All right, so let's dive in. Let's keep going. Shared joy is a double joy. Shared sorrow is half a sorrow. Let's see, do you think it's a proverb or a proverbs? Let's see, and the answer is, it's a Swedish proverb, and I saw this one, and I just, oh, I loved it. All right, next one. The wicked get buried alive by their loot because they refuse to use it to help others. Woof. Let's see, is that a proverb or a proverbs? It's a proverbs. Proverbs 21.7. <laughs> All right, keep going. Don't call attention to yourself. Let others do that for you. Proverb, Proverbs. The answer is Proverbs. Okay. Evil enters like a needle and spreads like an oak tree. What do you think? Hmm. Proverbs, Proverbs. It's an Ethiopian proverb. Hmm. I love how visual these um, proverbs are. All right. <laughs> okay, this one was too funny. Don't imagine yourself to be quite presentable when you haven't had a bath in weeks. Maybe I need to pay attention to this one a little more, but proverb or proverbs? The answer is proverbs. Um, okay, we have, we have a few more because I did a lot of these because I love games. Okay, deep doubts, deep wisdom. Small doubts, small wisdom. Hmm. Finger heart, peace sign. What's it going to be? Nice, Junia. Chinese proverb. I love that one too. These are all great, wise sayings. Instruction in youth is like engraving in stone. Peace or heart? Heart. 
I'm a rockin' proverb. And I will say that like all these proverbs, pretty much every culture and tradition has similar ones with different wordings. So it's really hard to like nail down where these exactly originated. All right, and we have two more. Don't brashly announce what you're going to do tomorrow if you don't know the first thing about tomorrow. Is that a proverb or proverbs? Proverbs, nice. I saw a lot of peace signs. And here's the last one. This one might be my favorite. A leech has twin daughters named Gimme and Gimme More. Heart or peace sign? Proverb or proverbs? The answer is Proverbs, that's in our Bible, y'all. The Bible can be so funny and amazing sometimes. I love it. <laughs> Danica Peterson on the Zoom chat said, I need remedial education in this finger heart. I got you, Danica. It took me a while to learn it too. But thanks for playing along with this game. Who knew that learning knowledge and wisdom could be so much fun, right? Speaking of wisdom, I have another all play. What's, wait, what's an, what's an all play, you say? Well, an all play is an invitation to bring all of our different perspectives and experiences to this communal dialogue around our sacred text. Because how boring, one sec. Oh, there's no kid sermon today. I know. Because <laughs> um, how boring would it be if you just always had to hear my voice and my thoughts? or Dan's voice, and Dan's, or Steve, or Kara, or Betsy. Betsy's preaching in two weeks, right? Like, I hear my own thoughts every day, and even I get bored of it. So here's the all-play question. What comes to mind when you hear the word wisdom? Because as I was reflecting on this, I was like, whoa, I have a lot of different feelings about wisdom. So go ahead and share. What feelings, what thoughts enter your body as you hear the word wisdom? Ooh, Will said old, ancient, trustworthy. Bob Timperley said, knowing how much I don't know. Ooh, yes, that is very humbling, Bob. Anyone else? Yes. Rebecca said, wisdom usually feels slow to me. Oh, and as I was reading through the book of Proverbs, there were so many Proverbs that were like, take it slow, don't go fast. And there's even one proverb that people quoted from all sorts of different sources. And it was like, I'm in a hurry. I need to go slow. Right? Let's see. Elizabeth says, listening to someone who's walked in a path before me, and being able to learn from their perspective. Yes, it is very experiential and personal. And then Bob says, I will not judge another until I have walked a mile in his shoes. That's right. Um, let's see. So I was maybe feeling a little extra angsty this week because as I read the lectionary text, pretty much all of them had to do with wisdom. And I was like, ugh. Great, okay, God, I guess I'm going to preach on wisdom. And then my husband, Will, was like, well, why is, what's so bad about wisdom? I was like, I don't know, it just kind of feels hoity-toity to me. 
And he was like, well, what do you mean? Like, elitist, like, only well-off people with privilege can have wisdom? And I was like, no, it's like wizards. Like, only wizards can have wisdom. Wisdom, or as I like to call it. But, like, does anyone else feel like This magical wisdom we read about in the book of Proverbs is some unattainable fancy myth with the sole purpose of making us feel bad for not being perfectly wise in any situation? Or is that just me? (laughs) Some yeses and some noes. Yeah, we can have complicated relationships with wisdom. Yes, Junia. (laughs) I've got to preach all these words. have a few more words left. Okay. Um, So before we meet the Lady Wisdom in our portion this morning, I thought it might be helpful if we zoomed out a little bit and took, took a look at this collection of books called Wisdom Literature, or Wislet for short. And in the Jewish tradition, there are three books that together make up this wisdom literature, this Wislet. So the first one... Proverbs, obviously. Oh, Junia. And the second is Ecclesiastes, and the third is Job. What? Job? A wisdom literature? That's right. So if you're familiar with any of these texts, you might be wondering to yourself, huh, that sure is an eclectic collection of books. An eclection of books. And I wonder what unites them all together under this wislet umbrella. Well, I have an answer for you. These three books, they all press pause on the dramatic story of God and Israel to orbit around these two extremely personal and practical questions. (laughs) Um, What kind of world are we living in? And what does it look like to live well in this world? And here's the thing. Do you know what happens when you ask three different people the same question? Are you going to get the exact same answer, or are you going to get three different answers? Maybe it depends on the question. But if you're seeking wise counsel, maybe everyone has their own opinion of what you should do. So imagine it like this. You have three friends named Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. So Proverbs is a young teacher. She's idealistic, optimistic, and super smart about everything. And she gives great practical advice. And then you have Ecclesiastes. He's your more middle-aged critic friend. Um, he's cynical, brilliant, and can cut, out, or can cut through just about anyone's argument. Um, he's also like a little disenchanted with life because he's seen that things maybe aren't quite as simplistic as he used to think it was. And then you have Job. He is a quieter, older man who sometimes you just forget is there. He's lost a lot, and he's been through a lot of pain. And he used to be cynical and bitter like your friend Ecclesiastes, but he's wrestled through it and found a deep, weathered, and sincere peace. So if you ask Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job this question, what kind of world are we living in? they might respond like this. Proverbs might tell you, the light of the righteous shine brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. There you go, easy peasy. 
But then Job, Job might say, well, how often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Does their calamity really ever come? And then Ecclesiastes would chime in with this. Well, I've seen a righteous man who dies despite his righteousness. And I've seen a wicked man who has a long life despite his wickedness. It's all absurd and everything is meaningless. So you can see how each of these friends in our Wislet tradition um, brings a valuable perspective to this conversation and how each one is needed to embrace a larger understanding of lady wisdom and this crazy, confusing world. So let's zoom in and let's take a look at our young, idealistic, super intelligent teacher, Proverbs. So the bulk of this book contains a collection of hundreds of these proverbs, like some of the ones we had in our game today. Um, and they're passed down through generations of um, generations and the traditions of Israel. And most of them are attributed to Solomon, right? The guy that Will read about in the story in our first scripture, who was like, God, give me wisdom and nothing else. And God's like, okay, here's a bunch of wisdom and a bunch of fancy things. Um, that's an interesting story in and of itself. Um, but really, like, who knows who actually wrote most of them? Maybe Solomon wrote some, but maybe probably not all of them. Um, so that, that collection of Proverbs spans from chapter 10 through 31. But today we're in chapter 9. And you can think of chapters 1 through 9 as presenting the why behind the what of the Proverbs collection. Right? These chapters are an introduction to this collection of Proverbs. And it's told as a father instructing his son about the mysterious nature of chakmah. <laughs> that is the Hebrew word for wisdom. Can you, you wanna try saying that? Chakmah. <laughs> Just really clearing out the throat. Um, so he teaches his son about the moral logic of wisdom, how it works, how if you love lady wisdom, it leads to success and peace, and if you chase after Madame Folly, it leads to ruin and shame. Pretty simple way of understanding how the universe works. Um, and at multiple times throughout these instructions, he emphasizes that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that phrase before. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, it's kind of all over the place in scripture. And actually, one of our texts this morning was a psalm, and the very last verse in the psalm was, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See what I mean about wisdom being everywhere in our text this morning? But this phrase, I mean, to me, it feels a little cryptic, right? Like, especially having the words fear and the Lord together in a sentence. And like, we kind of have different connotations of the word fear. Um, so... We're having another I'll play. Um, because if we're trying to learn how to be wise, we should probably figure out what's the first step we need to take. What is the beginning of wisdom? So here's my question for us all today. How do you and how do we understand the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? And there are no wrong answers here. Well, maybe there are, but please share what you think. Anyone?
I know it's kind of an intimidating question and an intimidating phrase. <laughs> Bob's on his way to his granddaughter's hockey game. So have fun, Bob. And good luck with the sports, granddaughter. Um, kind of in my wrestling with this and in my limited understanding, I come to understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> um, kind of means that the first step on the path towards wisdom is just to let your mind be blown by how endlessly knowable God is. And it's to embrace your humanity and to acknowledge your limitations and your finitude and then to join in a relational dialogue with God, right? Because fear, it's not so much like, ah, God is scary, but it's like a, oh my goodness, this is so awesome and amazing. It's kind of that. It's that awe, that reverence. It's that mind-blowingness of who God is. So, awesome. We're fearing the Lord. And should we now, like, actually look at our text this morning? I feel like Steve would be really proud, like, 12 hours into the sermon, finally getting to the text. <laughs> um, so, oh, chat went away. Uh, how do you do chat? Okay, technology. Oh, let's see, Pam. Relationship with and reverence for. Yeah, it's relational and it's the awe-ness of the fear of the Lord. So, Lady Wisdom, if you are in the sanctuary with us this morning, um, I gave an addendum. I don't, I don't know if addendum is the right word, whatever you tack on to something. Um, because after I had already sent in my stuff for the liturgy, I was like, ooh, I should actually cover more than just what I put in there. So if you are in the sanctuary with us, you got one of these with your liturgy. And if you are joining us on Zoom, um, Kara is a rock star, and she's copying and pasting these in the chat. You could also pull out your Bible Bible or your Bible app and look at the entirety of Proverbs 9, because... This is kind of what we are covering. So together we're going to dive into one of my most favorite literary devices, which is a juxtaposition. Maybe second probably is an onomatopoeia. But so say that with me, juxtaposition. Yay. So a juxtaposition is kind of where an author places two contrasting things side by side and to just kind of make the point of how different they are. And so if you look at the addendum, you see that there is a portrait of Lady Wisdom and Madame Folly. I will note that, um, so again, we're in the message because it's just kind of fun to read sometimes, but I did also have to censor Madame Folly um, because Eugene Peterson, as he is trying to communicate sort of the evocative emotions that come out of these texts uses a different word for folly. So since we have little ears with us, folly it is. Um, so let's just read through these. And then I'm going to do an all play where we're going to talk about what differences do we notice in these two portraits. So be thinking of that as I read through this. They're also going to be on the screen. And then I realized how super tiny the print is. So maybe it works if you're on Zoom, um, but maybe not so much in here. So, Lady Wisdom, right? This was our text this morning. 
Lady Wisdom has built and furnished her home. It's supported by seven hewn timbers. The banquet meals ready to be served, lamb roasted, wine poured out, table set with flowers and silver. And having dismissed her servant's maid, Lady Wisdom goes to town, stands in a prominent place, and invites everyone within the sound of her voice. And in, um, are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Come with me. Oh, come have dinner with me. I've prepared a wonderful spread. Fresh bread, roast lamb, carefully selected wines. Leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. Like, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel kind of, oh, yeah, I'd come have dinner with you, Lady Wisdom. Sounds delicious. And then there's a couple verses about some random proverbs. And then there's this portrait of Madame Folly. Then there's this other woman, Madame Folly, brazen, empty-headed, frivolous. She sits on the front porch of her house on Main Street, and as people walk by, minding their own business, calls out, are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Steal off with me, I'll show you a good time. No one will ever know. I'll give you the time of your life. But they don't know about all the skeletons in her closet, that all her guests end up in hell. So what do you notice about these two very different portraits? Yes, Phil. Interesting. So it seems like going to Madame Folly's house is the easier route, whereas going to Lady Wisdom's house Requires a bit of a journey. Nice. Go to observation. What else? They both claim to have the answer to the same question. Yes. They both claim to have the answer. No. They both claim to have the answer to the same question. Yes. And you can see that the outcomes are very different, right? One gets fed, becomes a skeleton. Anything else? That's okay. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just so interesting to me to see these two different definition, definitions of hospitality. Like, that's what really stuck out to me was that, like, Lady Wisdom has this generous hospitality, and Madame Folly, it's not... Maybe it comes across as generous, but then you come to see that it steals your life. Um, and I wish that I could dive much deeper into the roles that gender plays in Lady Wisdom and Madame Folly, um, because there's definitely a lot there, and I would love to have a discussion with anyone at some point about it. Uh, but <laughs> probably, I don't even know how long I've been going on today. So. I'll save that for another time. Um, so I'll close with this. The traditional Jewish understanding, drawn directly from our Wislet texts, is that wisdom is not a name tag that you get to put on after you make a good, wise, or just decision. But she is an active, divine, mysterious force in the world. 
And in Proverbs 8, it actually describes how Lady Wisdom was created before the chaotic waters. And that Lady Wisdom alongside God helped design the blueprints of the world. And she was there for all of the creating. And so this Lady Wisdom with her generous hospitality, her furnished home, her banquet meal, her sincere invitation is woven into the very fabrics of creation and the very blueprints of how things work. I'm almost done. <laughs> she's like gravity anchoring us down, or she's like the force empowering us to act against folly. She is the moral arc of the universe that bends towards justice. She's not just an abstract thing. She's a, an active divine force. She is both an attribute of God and something that we can attain and have access to. Um, and so I don't know about you, but I have felt so fatigued. Whoa! <laughs> Here we go. I have felt so fatigued this past year with all the different decisions that I've had to make. Like, I'm already like an indecisive person, but then you like tack on a pandemic and then suddenly it's like the simplest decisions could have life or death consequences. And so, um, sorry, let me get my mind back together. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so as I reflected upon this poem of Lady Wisdom and the generous hospitality she offers to those who are confused and don't know what's going on, my entire self just collapsed. And it felt like I had reached the end of a long, wearisome journey. And there, waiting before me, was a warmly lit home, furnished with cozy blankets, a large wooden fire, and a thoughtfully prepared meal on the table. And there she was, Mother Wisdom, with tears in her eyes, arms wide open, ready to give the biggest, most comforting hug in the world. And it was that remembering that I don't have to make these decisions on my own, according to my own understanding or my own definitions of good and bad, wise or folly. It was that moment of letting go and collapsing into Mother Wisdom's arms. And then remembering that God embodies endless divine wisdom and I have access to that, remembering that was the warmth of Mother Wisdom's bear hug permeating my weary body. That was her strong and gentle arms carrying me to the couch covered in blankets. And that was her kind, attentive eyes looking into mine as she asked, how can I help? This, my friends, is the way of Mother Wisdom, the path that leads us towards peace and justice and shalom, and it's the road and the street we don't have to travel down by ourselves. And this is the good news that we get to carry with us, that wisdom is not a scarcity in our weary, decision-fatigued world. Wisdom is a generous mother, eager and ready to prepare us a good meal. 
and we don't have to figure this out on our own. So into the prayers of confession, I invite you to keep in mind this portrait of Mother Wisdom's generous hospitality. Dare we darken the day of her home? Dare we discover what it's like to pull out a chair and sit down at our table? And now I need to find where my prayers of confession went. Give me just a second. Okay, here we go. So I will lead the reader part and we will all read the all together. After many months of disrupted patterns and practices, what have you learned? We have learned that God is constant, present even when our rituals wear thin and our habits are disrupted. After many months of being apart from others, what have you learned? We have learned that we are enough on our own, yet we are made for connection with others. What will you be carrying forward from here? We will see our time on earth as precious and limited. Our days are opportunities for growth, connection, and adventure. We have seen the hurting of others up close and personal, and we will practice more compassion each day. Lord, help us to continue to grow and change, to remain malleable as you reveal more of yourself to us in the midst of unusual circumstances. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel, that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Come Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Time and time again throughout the age Endings are a place where life is remade Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.